welcome to the Cornerstone Young Adults podcast channel. Our desire is to boldly declare God's word and to encourage today's leaders to authentically live for Jesus Christ. To stay connected with us, feel free to like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at cstone underscore YA. Please enjoy today's message. We have been in this amazing sermon series that we started this month about finances, talking about where did all my money go? And sometimes during situations like these, when everything seems to be shifting, the world seems to be so chaotic, our emotions can get the best of us. Our emotions can sometimes lead us to wrong financial decisions, which end up being bad spiritual choices at times. And these are the times where we need to stay rooted in our faith, disciplined in our stewardship. As A.B. shared last week, I want to simply continue on in encouraging you from that amazing message and just give some practical steps today and how to be able to provide for not just yourself, but to begin to think about provisions in a way that's going to impact your family and generations to come. The title of my message today is Prevision for the Provision. Prevision for the provision. Prevision being a foresight. Prevision means looking ahead. Sometimes we focus too much on the here and now. We get bogged down by bills. We get bogged down by troubles and situations and credit. And we get so consumed with how are we going to get out now that we fail to plan for the future. Let me tell you, failing to plan ahead is planning to fail. And we do not want to see anybody fail. God does not want that. That is not God's will for your life. He wants to see you blessed so that you can be a blessing to many other people. Father, I pray today that you help me to articulate this message. I pray that those watching online within the city and throughout the word be encouraged by your word, God, and that we may be able to receive it, that we may be able to steward it well and be able to apply it, that we may see your love and will done in our lives. In Jesus' name. The three things I want to be able to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about three financial mistakes that we make. Three mistakes that we make involving our finances that ends up messing us up now and ends up haltering us from having a set future. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the mistake of underestimating your costs. Never underestimate your costs. Luke 14, 28 says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Now, if you look at the context of this verse, some may see it and some may recognize it and say, well, Jesus is talking about the cost of discipleship, the cost of following him. And you're absolutely right. That is what Jesus is alluding to. But what he uses as an illustration is a stewardship and a financial principle because that is the way that most people practically think. He was using this practical example to explain a spiritual thing to the people there. So here what I'm doing is I'm looking at the practical things of what Jesus was saying there and about how we need to be able to count the cost of what it is that we are living with, what it is that we are struggling with, whether or not we even need to keep those things that we're struggling with. And what it is that we have to look ahead for. You know, so many times the mistake of provision is made and we look only at the current bills we have. We know the bills that we always follow. You have your electric bill. You got your water bill. You got rent. You know those things have to pay. But sometimes the prevision isn't there. Let me tell you something. Car maintenance is not a suggestion. It's mandatory. 
Oil change is not a recommendation when it comes up on your car. It's something that needs to be done so that you can ensure the future of that vehicle and that you can keep it as long as possible. But so many times when it comes to the planning of finances, we don't think ahead. We don't see costs coming like that. And when the bill comes due, when those situations come up, when times begin to change, all of a sudden we are left scrambling because we were not looking ahead and stewarding what God had already provided for us. You know, something that I do, and uh, I was hoping to be able to, to share it here with you guys in the screen, and maybe what we can do is create um, a video posting. I'd love to be able to show you something that I use that has helped me out, but I actually have a financial tracker that I created for myself. I use it on a Microsoft Excel sheet, and on it, I have the list of the paydays, and I go forward three months at a time. I have the date of each payday, and underneath for the month, I have my list of bills. And what I do is, I, what I practically do to make sure I set myself up financially is I never underestimate my costs. I do the opposite. I overestimate. Whatever my bills are, whatever I think is coming up, I begin to tally it up. I begin to calculate it. I begin to count the costs so that when the time comes, I am prepared for it. I'm ready to meet the challenge. I'm ready to meet the need that I may be taken care of. A transparent one is, for example, of how I overestimate uh, my CPS, my energy bill. No matter what it is throughout the year, I always keep it the same amount on my, on my tracker. I leave it at $250 of what I expect to be able to pay. And some of you may be at home and say, man, that's a lot. Some of you guys be like, man, I pay way more than that. Listen, I am frugal. I am frugal with my thermostat. I can help to show you guys that too. My wife, she loves the house to be cold. She'll, during the wintertime, we would even turn off the AC completely to not have it running. And we would have such cheap bills but every once in a while, I have to turn the heater on because the house would get down to like 62 degrees. And I was like, sugar, I can't do this. This is an icebox. But she loves it. She enjoys the cold. But that's something where I over, overestimate. And whenever the bill comes lower, that extra income is something that I'm able to set aside towards savings. I'm able to maybe put down more on a further bill to advance myself. I'm able to take that stewardship principle to set me up not only with a good present situation, but also set me up with a good future. A second thing that I want to be able to talk to you about, about a mistake that we can make when it comes to our finances, is one, is underestimating your cost, but two, is overestimating your income. Luke chapter 15 um, is a famous chapter. It has three great parables that Jesus shares. Uh, the Third one is one of my personal favorites of the prodigal son, and I want to speak to you for a moment there. In Luke 15, starting at verse 11, Jesus shares this parable, and he says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Prodigal means to live without restraint. Prodigal means to live spending money on foolish things, usually things that are more promiscuous, things that have no fruit or value to them. And it goes on and it says, But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. And he began to be in want. 
Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, with the goop and the nastiness that they were eating. He would have gladly eaten that, and no one gave him anything. You know, I see this being an issue that happens so much today of people overestimating finances, overestimating income, taking for granted the provision that they have, the job sometimes that we carry. And we get to a point where we just try to live paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, trying to accrue experiences now that we don't build up a future for ourselves or a future for the legacy of our children. To hit on that note real quick on something practical, um, some of you guys know that a couple months ago I had my first child, my baby girl, Catherine Joy, who I love so much, precious baby. And even before she was born, my wife and I, we were talking about wanting to set her up for her future. And let me show you something practically right now. If you've got your phone, got a calculator, I want you to follow along with me and actually do this because I want you to see because hopefully this impacts you as much as it impacted me. Now, I'm a real numbers guy. I love math. Math comes a little easier to me. So if I lose you along the way, great thing is this is a recording, so you can play it back. So you'll be able to see it on Facebook. You'll be able to uh, follow the stream there. But I want you to take out your calculator. Now, I think a lot of us here get paid biweekly, so that's what I'm going to do. Now, there's 52 weeks in a year. Divide that by two. Most of us get 26 paychecks. I get 26 paychecks in a year. I made a commitment. My wife and I made a commitment for our daughter that said every paycheck, we were going to open an account and put $25 in every paycheck for Catherine. Now, you may sit there and say, man, $25, is that really an investment? What is that? I want you to do this on your calculator. Take that 25 and multiply it by 26. That's how much money you accrue in a year. Now, I want you to take that number and multiply it by 18 that's the year that she would be graduating from college. You do that, you multiply those numbers, you get $11,700. Now, I'm hoping to actually, I'm going to hide this message from Catherine because I don't want her to know that that provision is set up for her because in God's name, she's going to get scholarships, so maybe I can keep the money. Ah! No, I'm like, but no, it'll still be hers. I'm still planning to bless you. I love you, Catherine. But see, in this same sense that I as a father... And already setting up this provision for her. I want you to know that God has set up a provision for you and your family. I want you to know that God has plans for you. And the struggles that you're going through may not be the will of God. It may be us simply not stewarding well what God has given us. You see that the son, he was given in abundance. He was given a great portion. He had vast possessions. He could have been set for life. And he wasted it all. How many times do you see in the news of maybe somebody winning the lottery, they hit that jackpot, they make millions of dollars, they could have been set up comfortably for life. And yet within three, four years, some studies say even less, they end up right back where they started and sometimes even worse. Ungodly mindsets, the, the emotional part of spending, the, the thrill, whatever it is, the addiction of it, those are things that must be submitted to God because when you do finances God's way, not only will you be blessed, but you'll be a blessing unto other people. God is indeed good, which takes me to my final point as we close because we can underestimate 
our expenses. We can overestimate our income. But I think one of the greatest mistakes that we make is the underestimation of the provider. Underestimating what our God can do and underestimating the will of God of what he wants to bless us with in life. I know I myself think about this oftentimes of whenever I'm handling certain decisions, whether they were financial, whether spiritual in the past, I look back and I say, God, I hope I stewarded that moment right. And I hope that there wasn't something more that you were wanting to do. But all I can do is simply try my best, believe in the scriptures, and trust in God. We see an example of this trust in Exodus and a great story of provision. I'm going to break it down as I kind of read these verses. It's in chapter 16. The children of Israel are in the wilderness, and God is speaking to them about the manna that he's going to provide. And in chapter 16, verses 4 of Exodus, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. Notice God is the provider. God is the one that provides. You may go out and work to gather it. You may be the one that brings it in, but it is God who provided it. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, counting the cost that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gathered daily before. This was because on the seventh day was the Sabbath day. This was the day of rest. You see, even when things are happening, even when things get shut down, even when you're not having an area to be able to get this provision, God always provides a provision in a way for you to be able to move forward. But God has called us to be able to steward those things well, to listen to him, to trust him, to believe in his ordinances, to believe that God has not changed and that his provision for us will not fail. For the closing moments, I want to kind of share a story with you. Uh, this is a big story to me, and it's going to revolve a little bit about the tithe, something that was mentioned early. And I want to hit on this because during this season of of testing during this season of financial stress that you may be going through, I think an area that many people will be attacked on and could be attacked on is in trying to sacrifice the tithe in order to provide for your current situation. You know, one thing, again, I seek God in everything that I do. I try to at my very best. And there was a season of my life where I was working at Allstate, and my job was going through this period where they were needing so much help to the point that they were offering double overtime to their employees. Meaning if you worked four hours of overtime, they would pay you eight hours. And that sounds like a great deal to jump, up, jump on, but I also made commissions. So when this opportunity came up, I prayed to God and said, God, I don't want to work more hours if this is going to affect my sales and I end up working more just to make the same amount of money. So what should I do, God? I, I'll need to step it up and make more sales if this goes on. If I do this, and I prayed, I felt God said, do the overtime. I worked the overtime hours. God blessed the work of my hands. My bonuses were the same as they always were. My finances were increasingly blessed because of the overtime. And we went through a season of three months that were fantastic. Then came something that I didn't see coming. Then came something that I never foresaw. God was leading my wife and I to a decision for her to quit her job because her job was beginning to affect her emotional and even her physical health. So we prayed to God, and God told us to have her take a break, and she stopped working. And to be transparent with this, because I want you to know, I'll explain why I'm wanting to be so transparent with this story. But when she stopped working, 
I didn't, I, all, all State took care of me very well, but I did not make enough to pay for both of us. And when she took that job, we were, that was, we, we were about negative $1,400 a month in comparative our income to our taxes, or our income to our, um, our bills. During that workplace, there was other decisions I made, other financial cuts that happened, but I began to continue to trust God, and every two weeks, I continued to pay my tithe, even though the enemy would try to trick me and lie to me and say, this is money you have to keep, be practical, you're being over-spiritual, like you need this for your family, and I said, no, I want to trust and believe in God. And let me tell you, I share this with you now, young men and young women, because if you think it is difficult to handle finances and to go through financial stresses when you are single, you have no idea how difficult it can be when you're going through something like that and you have to look your spouse in the eye when you don't know where the income is going to come from. I remember two months in, our savings was depleted. I was beginning to doubt. I was saying, God, did I really hear from you? We, are, we were doing so well, and now I feel like I set us back. I was like, did I just ruin our family's financial future? And I remember talking to my wife, and she was asking me, she was like, babe, did we make a mistake? What should we do? How are we going to afford this? And in a moment of inspiration from the Holy Spirit, I said something that started off sounding so terrible that no spouse ever wants to hear. I looked at her with full confidence, and I said, sugar, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to pay for this. I don't know how we're going to get out of this season. But I know that God wanted us to do this. And I believe that God never puts us in a situation to shame us and to fail us, but to help us to move forward. So I'm believing that God is going to work a miracle. For four months, my wife didn't work. And I don't have the time to tell you the individual miracles and different stuff that was going on in that time that God was helping us to provide for our finances. But at the end of these four months, God ended up opening up this great job opportunity for my wife. We were finally going to get a paycheck in from her. And I was praying. I'm like, God, until this paycheck comes, I just need one more miracle from you. And that day I looked at my paycheck and my jaw dropped. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I went to work thinking this is a mistake. This is wrong. Things like this just don't happen. You don't just get magically paid more for no reason. And I get to my job and I look at my pay stub. And I look at the lines where it talks about how you got paid, and I see that there was a portion there that was talking about overtime money that I worked and earned. And I said, well, see, there's a mistake. I, I stopped working the overtime. That was, you know, almost seven months ago now at this point. And I went to the HR, and I said, hey, look, I, there was a mistake on my check. I just don't want it to come out in future checks. I just want to get this fixed so that it's okay. And she looks at this, and this is what she explains to me. She says, do you remember seven months ago when we were offering double overtime? And I said, yes. She said, well, the company went back, and we found out that we actually weren't paying out the correct amount of money to some of the employees, and we were actually shortchanging them. You were one of those employees, and all the money that we failed to pay, pay you correctly at that time, we put it all together in this check to pay you back for that season. You see, my job called it a mistake. But I saw it for what it was. It was the provision of God that saw the problem before I even knew that it was there, who made a provision for me and a promise that he was not going to let my family starve, that never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. I trusted in the Lord in that season, and I came out of that season with more money in our savings account than we did when we were both working two jobs. So, sugar, you may need to just stay at home and not work anymore. No, I'm just kidding. 
But I share this with you because in this season, in this season when so much is going on, I encourage you, I implore you, seek God because God will direct your steps. God has a plan for you. Whatever is going on right now in the world, whatever panic people are doing and the shortages that they're trying to create, that's man-made at this point. God can still help directly and provide for you and to set you up for your future. I close today with this final verse, and I want to pray over you. There's a plethora of verses that I could have picked, but this is one that I felt the, the Lord directed me at that was appropriate for this situation. It's found in Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, verses 7 through 8. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. C3 family, San Antonio, I pray this to whoever ends up seeing it through all of our social media platforms. I pray right now this promise for you that though the heat is here and though the heat may come, though you may feel like you are in a wilderness or a desert, that you may feel like this struggle and this pressure is upon you to trust and seek the Lord, to be planted nearby him, to stay so close that you can feel and touch the presence of God as we felt it during worship here today. And I know that you felt it in worship there at your home and I pray that your faith be active in the sense that you trust God that you continue to do things according to his will that you continue to steward well this time and you will see that your leaves will stay green you will see that your bank accounts shall not be depleted you will see that the provision that you need for your family for yourselves will be met you'll be able to get it you are going to come out of this this season will not be here to destroy us with the enemy met for evil God can turn for good I believe that there is going to be a future and a hope that is going to overturn this whole situation. We pray that this message has blessed you. For more information about our ministry, visit sacornerstone.org forward slash college.